Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. My name is Steven Zahoyce. That's Wesley Chang. And I got to apologize right off the top if I'm a little bit bitter today. I had a couple of bad losses in the fantasy football playoffs that I'm still trying to get over. But nonetheless, let's get to helping you with your fantasy football teams. And we're going to start off with a little segment called Hot or Not. And Wes, entering week 15, why is Deshaun Watson a not for you? Well, Deshaun Watson or not, just like Stevie's fantasy football team, unfortunately for him, it has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson. It's his entire team. He might be the loneliest player in the NFL right now. He's currently the third highest graded QB just behind Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. He's second in the NFL in passing yards and seventh in rushing yards out of the QB position. Unfortunately, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, David Johnson, they've all missed time. And now Watson's forced to throw to his fifth wide receiving option, which is Chad Henson, Kiki Cutie. So these are the guys he's working with. And unfortunately, with that type of receiving core, it's hard to ask for production out of Watson. The only way for him to really be able to put up some points against this tough Indianapolis defense coming up is for him to do more on the ground game. But unfortunately, he hasn't shown that propensity to really run for 10 to 15 rushing attempts per game. So I'm saying for this matchup coming into your semifinals weekend, unfortunately, Watson's a guy you should consider benching because it's going to be very difficult for him to put up points unless he's getting it done on the ground game. Wes, I appreciate the subtle jab at my fantasy football team. I guess not so subtle jab, but nonetheless, I'll get into this player who is also a knot for me this week, and that's James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you've had James Robinson, you've had the greatest sleeper in recent fantasy football memory, but here comes the part of the schedule that has me a little bit nervous. Prior to Monday night's game against the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens were a bottom 10 matchup for running backs, which means you don't really want to play players against them. Of course, the Cleveland Browns had a lot of success running the football with both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but they were able to do that because the game was pretty evenly matched throughout the entire duration. Now coming into this game, the Jacksonville Jaguars have been able to keep games close. Actually, in their last six games, four of them have been one-score games. But the issue is, I think this one might be getting or might end up getting out of hand for the Jaguars. And in the two blowouts that the Jags have played in over these last six games, Robinson is averaging 10.35 fantasy points. And if this game does get away from Jacksonville, the Jaguars could end up getting away from the run game as well. And that could be a bit of a dicey situation for James Robinson. So while you've been able to roll with him up until this point, you're still playing him, but don't expect him to go off for a really big day. Raheem Mostert is another name that's probably giving a lot of fantasy managers fits. I had Mostert in my quarterfinals matchup, and unfortunately, I took an L with him on my bench. But if you're in the semifinals, this is one of those decisions where you're going to have to watch the news. Now, how are they doing so far? What's happening for Mostert since he's returned from injury? Well, him and Jeff Wilson have been splitting snaps roughly 50-50. But of the two, Mostert's definitely the one who's more talented. His production has shown that thus far. In his first four games of the season this year, he was really going off. He averaged under six yards per attempt. He averaged under just under 16 fantasy points per game. He had two touchdowns, and he was really the engine that was driving his San Francisco offense. Um, now, he had an injury, but when he returned, he didn't look so great coming off the IR. 
But with each game he's been back, and there were three of them, his PFF grade has improved steadily each, um, each game going up to week 15. Now, unfortunately, he's popped up on the IR. He had an MRI yesterday. So you really got to watch what the news is there. But if he ends up being healthy, he's got a matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, one of the most exploitable rush defenses in the entire league. Most there could be a league winner for any manager that has him out there. You just got to make sure that he is healthy and able to play those 50% snaps that I mentioned earlier. He looks good. Make sure to fire him up. One player I have on my hot list for this week is Mike Evans. Now, on last week's episode, I touched upon how the Buccaneers have great fantasy football matchups in the playoffs, and it doesn't stop in week 14. I know Mike Evans was a little underwhelming this week, but he was tied for a team lead in five targets. But this week, I really like his matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. And while Atlanta's defense has been better under Raheem Morris, they still struggle to stop production from the wide receiver position. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to the position under Raheem Morris since he took over as head coach. And I really like this individual matchup as Mike Evans will likely see a lot of A.J. Terrell, who has really struggled in his rookie season. And, and that just comes from a lack of depth in this Falcons secondary. He's covering players that he really shouldn't be. They should have him more protected in that secondary. But nonetheless, he has to go up against Mike Evans. And I really do think Mike Evans will feast on A.J. Terrell this week. Like I said, tied for the team lead in targets. We know the Buccaneers like to spread the ball around because they do have a lot of talent at wide receiver, which creates a lot of plus matchups. But I think this week, Brady's just going to get it to his number one guy because that matchup is going to be one that Evans exploits all day long. zone More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl, plus exclusive Red Zone, showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. Welcome back to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. We're now going to get to some difficult start, sit, cut questions. And Wes, we're going to start off at the quarterback position. Between Jared Goff, Derek Carr, and Ben Roethlisberger, how are you sorting out this situation? I'm going to start Derek Carr in Week 15. I'll be benching Jared Goff, and I'm telling you to cut Big Ben. But let me start with Big Ben. Over the last four weeks, he actually has never topped 20 fantasy points or more. And in the last two games, he's been 10 for 24 on passes 10 yards or more. If you've watched any of the film, you can tell... This offense is struggling just a little bit, and Big Ben is a big reason why. Now, moving on to Jared Goff, he's actually the lowest graded out of the three quarterbacks, but because he has such a favorable matchup against the Jets, I do slide him up just slightly above Big Ben. The things that do concern me, though, is even in this matchup against the Jets, I can imagine Sean McVay scheming their offense to be more run dominant and ultimately leaving Jared Goff hanging on both passing touchdowns and yardage. And the last but not least, he's actually been 5 for 5 on his TD to interception ratio over the last four weeks. So there is some concern with ball security coming out of him. Now, I want to move along to Derek Carr. Derek Carr here, he's the lowest rostered player out of the three, yet I'm suggesting that he's a start here. Why is that? Even with his one-point dud that he had a few weeks ago, he's still averaging 21 fantasy points over the last four weeks, which is easily the highest amongst the three. And like Goff, 
He has a very favorable matchup going up against the Los Angeles Chargers, who are the sixth softest against the quarterback position. Over the last four weeks, Derek Carr has had the third most passing yards and the fourth most passing TD amongst all QBs. And with this Las Vegas defense being as porous as it's been this year, is a very high probability this match ends up becoming a full-blown shootout, which is perfect for Derek Carr's fantasy production. At running back, the recent surges of both Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift give you a tough decision. So if you are a fantasy football manager that has Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, and Ezekiel Elliott on your fantasy football teams, I'm telling you, you've got to sit Ezekiel Elliott. He has one touchdown. One. That's it. Since week six. And the Cowboys, they don't move the ball particularly well on offense. And they've got a tough matchup against a really good San Francisco 49ers run defense. I'm benching DeAndre Swift, although I'm not really benching Swift. If there's any way you can fit him into your lineup, I am. The matchup against the Tennessee Titans is good, as they are a top-10 matchup for opposing running backs. And Swift is able to stay in that offense, even if that game gets a little bit out of hand, because of his passing game involvement. He has at least five targets in each of his last five games. Ultimately, I'm starting Cam Akers, though. This guy has just been a rock recently for fantasy managers. He had 29 carries last week. Like, that is almost unheard of in today's NFL. 29 carries to one running back. And like Wes mentioned, it should be a run-first game script against the Jets, especially if that game ends up getting out of hand. So I like Akers. He has 16 red zone carries over the last four weeks in the NFL, which puts him in second across the entire NFL, which means there's a pretty good chance he finds the end zone if they keep giving him touches in that part of the area of the field at that rate. So I like Akers as a clear start and a top 10, fringe top 10 running back this week in fantasy football. At the wide receiver position, if you have Brandon Ayuk, T.Y. Hilton, and Tyler Lockett, you might have a difficult decision on hand. If you gave it to me, I'm telling you in week 15, start Ayuk, Bench Hilton and cut Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I'll get to there in a second. Let's start off with Ayuk, though. In his last five games, he has not scored less than 14.5 fantasy points for his managers. So he's on fire right now. And with Debo Samuel out, expect more volume to come his way. In those same five games, his per game averages, he's getting 11 targets, seven catches, 99 yards, and he's had three TDs in those five games. He's up against Dallas. This is the lock play out of the three. T.Y. Hilton, he's probably had the lowest floor the entire season, but he's emerged in this situation. He's had a big comeback, putting up 20 fantasy points over his last three games with four touchdowns. He gets a date with Houston, which is another porous passing defense that's exploitable. Don't be surprised if Hilton continues the trend that he's been on. Let's talk about Tyler Lockett. Yes, he's the most talented out of the three. He has the best quarterback and has put up the most fantasy points. But fun fact, 44% of his entire production for the season came in just two games. And after his big week seven performance, he's averaged just eight fantasy points per game since. He hasn't cracked the top 12 in wide receiver production more than once. And with Seattle really changing gears in the second half of the season, I'm worried that that production is not coming back. Seattle had 22 passing touchdowns through their first five games. In their last six, they've had just 14. 
Now he gets a tough matchup against Washington and he finishes the season up against the Rams. Lockett is somebody, if you're really feeling a little bit risky and frisky, consider dropping him to the wire for somebody else like Ayuk who could bring you the championship in week 16. This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports onto the waiver wire. I'm going to start off the top here giving you a quarterback that you should consider going into week 15. And it's pretty obvious, as you can probably guess, Jalen Hurts is our top recommendation going into the semifinals. If you looked at his production in that game against the New Orleans Saints, there were a lot of things that jumped off the page. He was well above expectations, I think most analysts would suggest. What really stood out to me was how efficient he was with his running. On 18 carries, he was never tackled for a loss, he was never sacked, and he averaged just under six yards per attempt. Now, if you look at his passing production, sure, that's where there's room for improvement. But Stevie will tell you, Hertz was extremely decisive with his passing that he had in this game. The only thing to point out is that out of his 30 throws, he only threw it downfield 15 yards or more twice. So that could be something that improves going into week 15. Now, with that all being said, he gets a matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, who have been an exploitable offense on both the run game and the passing game. Over the last four weeks, Arizona has allowed 118 rushing yards per game, which is the 10th most in the NFL. This fits perfectly for Jalen Hurts and what he does as a quarterback. New Orleans was the third toughest defense going into that matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. Arizona is the 12th softest. So there's a reasonable expectation that Hertz could do even better going into week 15 and give you somewhere between 20 and 30, uh, 30 fantasy points in your semifinal matchup. At this point of the season, you're not picking people off the waiver wire in hopes of a long-term stash. You need production, you need it now. There's only two weeks left in the fantasy football season. So when you have someone like John Brown who's available in over 50% of Yahoo fantasy football leagues, that is someone who, to me, just an easy pick him up off the waiver wire and see what happens. He's eligible to come off the IR this week. And even though Gabriel Davis has played well in this Bills offense in his absence, John Brown is the number two wide receiver and someone that Josh Allen relies upon for stretching the football down the field. And in the games he's played this year, he's been pretty good. In four of the eight games he's played, he's top 10 fantasy points. And that includes games where he's had to leave early because of injury. And that also factors in as well. When he was healthy at the beginning of the year, he was playing really well. But we know he's been dealing with injuries all throughout the season. If he comes back and he's at somewhere near full health after taking three weeks off, John Brown could definitely be a wide receiver two flex option if everything goes smoothly. On the other side of that matchup, Tim Patrick is another wide receiver that you should consider playing heading into week 15. He's rostered in just 28% of Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. Even with his offer baked into his average over the last four weeks, he's put up 11 fantasy points per game in this period. He's led all Denver receivers in targets, catches, yards, and touchdowns during this same period. And since Cortland Sutton went down with his injury, He's led the entire team with 15 red zone targets and six end zone targets. And the best part about his individual production, he's had zero drops on the entire season. Hamler and Judy have both had six each. Going up against Buffalo, which could, again, be a shootout, just like some of the other matchups we mentioned, Tim Patrick is a great boom-bust play 
uh, a boom bust flex play that you could slide in to your semifinal uh, flex position. A defense that I was stashing in my fantasy football leagues before I got knocked out in week 14, I guess it was for no reason, was the Cleveland Browns because they really can't draw up a better week 15 and week 16 matchup. It starts in week 15 against the New York Giants. We saw this past week against the Arizona Cardinals just how much of a turnover factory Daniel Jones can be. He fumbled the ball three times. He only transferred the ball on one of those. He was, the Giants were able to recover two, but still. I know turnovers aren't a predictive metric, but come on. We've seen enough of Daniel Jones to know he's bound to turn the ball over at least once or twice in a football game. And then in week 16, you get the New York Jets. I don't have to say more at this point. Look at the win-loss record for the New York Jets, okay? That'll tell you everything you need to know on whether or not it's a good or a bad matchup to start the Cleveland Browns. So, like I said, need I say more? This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. Let's take a look at some fluid offensive situations in the NFL. Stevie, tell us what's going on in Pittsburgh. This Steelers offense is just a mess. Just to put it plainly, they have not looked good. Drops have been an issue. No one can hang on to the football. So you really have a mixture of things where the wide receivers aren't playing well. Ben Roethlisberger has really looked like he's aged this season. And you don't have a run game. James Conner hasn't scored a touchdown in any of the last four games he's played. So you're not happy with him from a fantasy football standpoint. Chase Claypool is actually averaging less fantasy points per game than James Washington just by a smidge over this recent stretch. Deontay Johnson, you're definitely not pleased with what he's done. And then also Juju Smith-Schuster, he's able to find the end zone last week, but ultimately you're not feeling great about starting him either. So there's really no one in this Pittsburgh offense you want to start. That being said, week 15, the matchup is nice. They do get a date against the Cincinnati Bengals, which should be a get-right spot. But looking ahead to week 16, if you're able to get to your fantasy football finals with this collection of Steelers or any piece of this collection, I'm not a big fan, and I'm not trying to use any of them against the Indianapolis Colts, who really don't have too many weaknesses on the defensive side of the football. You can't really run against them. It's not the most effective or it's not a plus matchup going through the air. So really, if you're able to win this week because you have these Steelers on your team in an exploitable matchup against the Bengals, I'd be looking for alternative options if you can in week 16. This Steelers offense is just not humming the same way we saw it once was. Diving into the Ravens offense, you got to admit that Lamar Jackson, he's been a disappointment so far this season. But... With Baltimore's backs against the wall, you can see Lamar really changing gears. He's really starting to run the ball a little bit more and depend on himself more than his receiving core. In his first six games of the season, he only had six design runs per game. Over the last five, he's up to 8.8 .8 per game. The only thing with Lamar, though, is even with these improvements, he's still not passing the ball particularly well. And that actually translates into Marquise Brown's production. To add insult to injury, Brown himself has been collecting a lot of drops on the year. He had three just in the game last night. And if it wasn't for that broken play where he got off for that 40-yard touchdown, there would have been no fantasy production from him. My thing is, even with these two soft matchups coming up against the Jacksonville Jags and the New York Giants, Brown is somebody I don't really feel comfortable trusting. If you have slightly better wide receiver options at the flex or wide receiver three level, you're better off going there. 
Mark Andrews is another name in this offense that is a disappointment, and a lot of it has to do with Lamar Jackson. He hasn't been able to get the ball accurately towards his top tight end, and Mark Andrews' production has, uh, has obviously shown for it. Uh, he's fin- he'll probably finish as a top six tight end, but from where he was drafted, he was a tight end three this season. So unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of TD production out of him, and the yardage is even down, so that's another thing uh, going against him. The most encouraging position out of all of them in Baltimore, though, is the running back position. And with Ingram now pretty much uh, taking a permanent seat on the bench, this is a perfect boom opportunity for Dobbins, who has two soft matchups going into the fantasy championships. He's the trickiest one to solve, but he's had nine out of the 14 red zone opportunities uh, over the last few weeks. And he's the only one to average 10 fantasy, fantasy points per game over the last four weeks. With these two soft matchups, as I mentioned, Dobbins, out of all the players I mentioned, is probably your most likely league winner. Lastly, I'm going to finish this up by talking about what's left of the Miami Dolphins offense because that Week 14 matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs proved to be costly. They suffered injuries to Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, and Mike Gesicki. And while their status for this upcoming game against the New England Patriots in Week 15 is unclear, It's certain that they probably won't be at 100%. And in turn, that's going to hurt a passing attack going up against the team that if the Patriots are good at one thing, it is in the secondary and stopping and limiting opposing teams' passing attacks. The issue as well is that Tua Tungavailoa has not shown a willingness or an effectiveness to throwing the football downfield. His longest completed air yard distance throw this season is 37.9 yards, which is actually the lowest of all qualified starters. So if Tungavailoa isn't able to stretch the ball downfield and he doesn't have his go-to guys in the passing game, this could make for a long day throwing the ball against the New England Patriots, which means the Miami Dolphins passing attack is something I'll try to stay clear from in this upcoming matchup. Additionally, the running attack hasn't been much better. They've had some injuries and some health concerns because we know this past week, Matt Breida and Miles Gaskin were put on the COVID reserve list. And then you also have Savan Ahmed, who suffered an injury, and he's been out as well. So that's left them with DeAndre Washington, who didn't look all that great. Averaged under three yards per carry this past week against the Kansas City Chiefs. So you got some major concerns with this Miami Dolphins offense entering week 15. And to be honest, I don't think there's a game that has a lower fantasy football appeal than this one between the Patriots and Dolphins. If you have really any member, I'm trying to find alternative options because I just don't like this setup for either team. This looks like it's going to be a low-scoring, not a whole lot of fantasy production type of game. That's going to put a bow on another episode of the lineup from Yahoo Sports. But if you want to stay up to date to everything related to the show, follow us on Instagram at Yahoo Sports CA and hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well. For Wesley Chang, I'm Steven Sahoy. Don't you forget to set your lineup for week 15 of the NFL season.